historically, home ownership rates, so the people who are owner-occupying a home, decreases during economic recessions. And then once the economy begins to turn around and expands again, people start moving back into homes and home ownership rates increase. Before we get into it, I want to introduce you to Groundbreaker, today's sponsor and partner. They are an all-in-one suite of tools for small to medium-sized real estate syndicators. They've got a special focus on real estate syndicators with 1 million to 100 million assets under management. They help you increase productivity and investor satisfaction by automating fundraising, reporting, and investor relations through elegant and powerful workflows built by syndicators for syndicators. Groundbreaker will help you scale your business without the need to scale your overhead. So they're going to help reduce your costs because of the admin team that won't need to be as large. And they're going to help you reduce your risk of data breach because of the security systems that they have in place. They'll help you increase your revenue by growing your assets under management because you're going to be allowed to focus on the things that are most important, like business growth and operations, not those administrative logistics. And ultimately, they're going to help you elevate your company's brand and professionalism and investor experience because your investors are going to enjoy having this platform with all their information versus however you're currently doing it. Three things specifically about Groundbreaker I personally like. One, super easy to use from an investor standpoint and from a general partner standpoint. Two, it allows investors and general partners to fund electronically, meaning that a limited partner can complete their entire subscription and funding cycle without leaving the platform. And on the general partnership side, for distributions, you can set it up so that you can trigger bulk ACH payments within the platform. And then the last thing I really like about Groundbreaker is it's, well, it's cost effective. It's healthy to the bottom line. Their basic plan allows sponsors to sign up for as little as $100 per month with no limits on deals or investors. And you can read all about their pricing on their website. Speaking of their website, it is groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe, J-O-E. And when you go there, groundbreaker.co forward slash J-O-E you're going to get access to a pitch deck that the Groundbreaker team created so that you have a template should you want to use that and customize it for your own deal. So go to groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. There needed to be a resource on apartment syndication that not only talked about each aspect of the syndication process, but how to actually do each of the things and go into it in detail. And we thought, hey, why not make it free too? That's why we launched Syndication School, and Theo Hicks will go through a particular aspect of apartment syndication on today's episode and get into the details of how to do that particular thing. Enjoy this episode. And for more on apartment syndication and how to do things, go to apartmentsyndication.com or to learn more about the apartment syndication school, go to syndicationschool.com so you can listen to all the previous episodes. Hello, best of your listeners. Welcome to another episode of the Syndication School series, a free resource focused on the how-tos of apartment syndication. As always, I am your host, Theo Hicks. 
As you know, each week we air two episodes of Syndication School, and these focus on a specific aspect of the apartment syndication investment strategy. And for a lot of these episodes, we offer a free resource. These are free PDF how-to guides, free PowerPoint presentation templates, free Excel calculators, something to help you along your apartment syndication journey. And today, I want to give an update on the market, more specifically, the update on forecasted rental demand. So as you know, before the outbreak of COVID-19, we were doing some episodes focused on different market factors and different markets, top 10 markets for rent growth, for multifamily pricing, for cap rates, markets that are expanding and contracting. And in a sense, all that has been on pause or more likely reset. And now people are starting to come out with some more studies, some more forecasts on where they see real estate going. And before I get into that, when I read this article, it had sparked a memory of an episode that I'm pretty sure we talked about on Syndication School. I'm not exactly sure when, but the article that Syndication School episode was based on, we wrote back in the beginning of 2019. So this was January 2019, so over a year and a half ago from the recording of this episode. The blog post was entitled, Why I Am Confident Multifamily Will Thrive During and After the Next Economic Recession. And in summary, historically, home ownership rates, so the people who are owner-occupying a home, decreases during economic recessions. And then once the economy begins to turn around and expands again, people start moving back into homes and home ownership rates increase. So historically, over the past nine or so recession expansion cycles, that has been the case. Home ownership goes up during the expansions and down during the recessions. But this was not the case for 2008. So during the post-2008 economic expansion, which was from 2008 until very, very recently, in this case, 2019, when this was written, the Dow Jones had tripled, the unemployment rate had been cut in half, and the GDP rose by nearly $5 trillion. So during this massive economic expansion, one would expect the home ownership rate to also increase. However, during that period of that economic expansion, the renter population increased nearly every single year over that 10-year time period or so. It grew by more than 25% from what it was at the beginning of the economic expansion. So it grew by more than 25%. So kind of the exact opposite of what has happened historically. Now, there are a lot of reasons why, at the time, others were predicting why people were deciding to rent as opposed to own during the most recent economic expansion. And it's because of things like high student debt, things like poor credit, things like tighter lending criteria after the crash. People began to start families later, so they were renting longer. And the overall inability to afford the down payment for a home. And since, at the time, these reasons weren't going away, we predicted that when the next economic recession occurs the same percentage of people or more will rent. We actually thought it would be more, but at the very least, it would be the same percentage. And then after 
the economic recession has ended and the economy begins to turn around and expand again, we made the same prediction that the number of renters would either be the same or more. Flash forward a year and a half, and many experts believe that we have entered the next economic recession due in part to the coronavirus pandemic. So, as I mentioned before, what are people saying about multifamily? So there's a study that was recently released by an apartment properties acquisition and management company called Middleburg Communities. And there was a Globe Street article, this is where I found it in Globe Street, that's published on June 17th entitled, As Home Ownership Declines Demand for Rental Housing to Climb. So I'm just going to read an excerpt from that article. The analysis points, sorry, sorry, the June 11th report projects a decline in U.S. home ownership to 62.1%, the lowest rate in more than 20 years, before a partial recovery to 63.6% in 2025. Depending on the effects of the recession, the demand for rental housing will increase somewhere between 33 and 49% over that period of time, the report concludes. So over the next five years, they're assuming that the homeownership rate is going to continue to drop because we're in a rec- cause, you know, they believe we're in a recession. And then um, eventually it'll start recovering by the end of this five-year period to 63.6%. And depending on their kind of worst-case scenario or best-case scenario, because of this drop in U.S. homeownership, you know, the, other, the only other thing people can do besides owning is renting – then they expect the demand for rental housing, for rentals to increase a, a, a maximum of nearly 50%. Um, so obviously really, really good news for people who are in rentals. Um, very good for you who's listening, who is an apartment syndicator or aspiring apartment syndicator because you've got a huge, a, a, a huge increase in, in rental demand being, being projected. So the reason why in the beginning I went over the, the previous article, because not because um, you know, we, we predicted this would happen, and it was just based off of kind of just looking at the trends. But what's interesting is the, is the reasons why this, um, this, this group, this company, uh, made these projections, why they believe that the um, rentals, rentals are going to decline. So let me kind of continue reading. So... The analysis points to changing demographics playing a role in the changing demands. Married households are more likely to own homes and their numbers are declining. The numbers of households with incomes of more than 120,000 is expected to drop, while those with incomes of less than 30,000 are projected to to rise. So just right there, they said that people are not going to be able, people are are getting married later, forming families later, which is one of the the um the reasons we had you no know, year and a half ago, the second reason was you know people's household incomes are expected to decline, which means they're not going to be able to afford home payments, they're not going to be able to afford down payments, which is another uh, factor that we uh, predicted a year and a half ago. So let's keep reading. Um, it says, but demographics alone are a weak explanation for home ownership shifts, according to the report. Student loan debt. Ability, inability to make a down payment, and tightened lending standards. So three more. So those are the other three things that we mentioned, 
or uh, three other things we mentioned a year and a half ago. And then um, high rents and a shift in preferences play a role too. The report also zeroed in on three variables that offer a reasonable explanation for slumping homeownership, lending standards as measured by the average credit scores of mortgages, medium net worth by age of householder, and the previous year's deviation from the demographic-based prediction. Essentially, he's calling this like inertia or or momentum. So, um, very interesting to, to, to see that data. Very interesting to see um, you know, an article he had written a year and a half ago be essentially repeated with different numbers um, a year and a half later. And then he also, this, art, this, um, this study also provided extra information extra variables as to why um you know the the homeownership rates are expected to decline and the demand for rental housing is expected to to increase um the last part that i have in here is that the report notes that additional stimulus packages from the federal government could bolster bolster home ownership rates and i do know as recently as last week they were there were there were rumblings of an additional um stimulus package being being um being created so it's too early to tell for that so as of now without kind of that and but I'm, I'm pretty sure that i'm sure that this study had taken that into account and it still expects the demand for rental housing to to decrease um so during the economic expansion so so during the previous economic expansion homeownership decreased because of the fact that people are starting families later student loan debt, and ability to make down payments, a tightened lending standards. So the study reinforces um, our thoughts on multifamily investing. It reinforces our prediction that during this recession, demand for rental housing is going to go up and that we've, we've, we've made a change from being a, a nation of owning to a nation of renting, at least for, for now. Now, um, next week, because I, I did come across an interesting article today that was talking about, um, you know, where is this demand going to be, right? Because the, the, the demand for multifamily housing is not going to be increased by 50% everywhere, right? In some places, it's going to be, it's not going to increase at all. Some places might go down. Um, some places might go up a little bit. Other places is going to go up a lot, a ton, right? Because this 50% is just an average. Um, so... A little, uh, so I, I I found an article uh, recently that was in the the Guardian about you know where people are are moving uh, based off of this most recent pandemic because this it, it, for, for, for my kind of reading of this study it didn't necessarily take the um, the coronavirus into into effect so these essentially saying that the the the, the recession was was started by you know, student loan debt, inability to make housing payments, tightening lender standards, um, things like that. Not necessarily the, um, in part, at least in part by that, but that's not necessarily the coronavirus. So add the coronavirus into the mix and that shifts uh, demand for multifamily up, up more, um, most likely, but to certain areas of, of the country. So we'll talk about that uh, next week. Um, that's going to conclude this episode, a little shorter one than usual, but Still, I think this is very powerful information in case you have not seen um, the uh, this, this study or heard of this study or have been kind of keeping your finger on the pulse of, of multifamily demand, of rental demands, um, forecasts uh, in the, the future. So thanks for listening. And make sure you check out some of the other syndication school episodes. 
um, about the how-tos of apartments and vacations. Make sure you check out the free documents we have available. Those are all at syndicationschool.com. Thank you for listening. Have a best ever day, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. Groundbreaker helps you increase productivity and investor satisfaction by automating fundraising, reporting, and investor relations through elegant and powerful workflows built by syndicators for syndicators. Go to groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe. That's groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe to get a free deal pitch deck template. Are you looking for a hard money loan or do you have a mortgage note that you want to sell? Then email David at hasslefreecashflowinvesting.com. If you recognize this company, well, that's because David was a best ever guest on the show is episode 122, David Campbell. And you can email him at david at hasslefreecashflowinvesting.com if you're looking for a hard money loan or if you have a mortgage note to sell.